Coming to you from Silicon Valley, I'm Marcus Edwards, and I'm on the hunt for recruiting leaders, producers, innovators, and pioneers who've made their mark on the industry and can't wait to share their points of view. We'll tackle the tough topics and dig deep to find the answers you're looking for and some actionable advice you can take to the bank. So stick around and stay tuned, and welcome to Recruiting Trailblazers. Hey, it's Marcus from Recruiting Trailblazers, and this week, a solo podcast talking about business development. A lot of recruiters I've been speaking to recently are a little concerned about the current state of the economy and have been asking me for some tips on how to you know, crank up their BD machine. So I'd like to talk about that today and just give you a few ideas for some activities that you should be engaging in on the business development side. So this would specifically be for agency recruiters. First off, business development is a very broad term in the context of recruiting, as it spans the gamut of recruiting services from plain contingency all the way to retained. And so I think it's important to have a quick BD reality check. For me, BD is not about chasing requirements. There's any number of companies out there who will allow you to work on a contingency basis on their hardest open positions because it requires absolutely no commitment from them. The problem with the contingency paradigm And by the way, there is such a thing as a good contingency relationship. But the biggest problem with contingency is that it's not really a partnership. There's no buy-in and there's no reasonable expectations set or met by either party. It's kind of a loosey-goosey agreement that if we find some good candidates, we'll send them over. And the reality is that in many cases, the client is almost betting against the agency to deliver. And even if they do, it had better be the perfect candidate. Now, as I said, there are some healthy contingency relationships to be had where you are very much a preferred vendor and expectations are set and met, but that's not necessarily the norm. My point is that from a BD perspective, you've got to be careful what you wish for. And you haven't really won anything when a company allows you to work for free and submit resumes on a contingency basis. Yes, it can work out, but only if you set the table for a true partnership and set reasonable expectations on both sides. So what's my point? Well, impactful business development initiatives don't focus on just collecting requirements. It's not about telling as many people as possible what you do and then hoping for a chance to prove yourself. Truly impactful business development is about opening the door wide enough to allow a meaningful conversation to flourish about a prospect's business challenges and their talent bottlenecks. There's enough contingency recruiters out there already who try the old give me your hardest wreck approach to business development, but that's never worked for me. I'm looking for the opportunity to understand my prospect's pain points and walk them through a comprehensive process that will alleviate that pain and deliver the talent that they're looking for. Put simply, BD to me isn't about collecting recs. It's about earning the chance to position myself as a trusted partner and a solution provider so my client is fully invested in the success of our partnership and is betting on me to win, not the other way around. Now, there's a lot more to this than we have time for today, but my advice is don't sell yourself short and don't just be a requirement gatherer. Your service is valuable and you deserve to work with companies who understand that value and therefore rely upon you for successful delivery. Okay, so the bad news for recruiters right now is that when the economy softens, it does become a lot harder to kickstart new client relationships, especially from cold. I'm not saying it's impossible, 
but it's definitely a lot harder. But, and this is important, it's still not that hard to stand out from the crowd and differentiate yourself from your average cold outreacher because so many people are sacrificing quality and value for scale. In other words, for some reason, people think reaching out cold is all about writing one generic sales template and sending it out to as many people as humanly possible. They're playing what I call the 1% game. For every 100 generic templates they send, they're getting about 1% interest in return. And if you ask me, that's not a game worth playing because you end up alienating so many more people and companies than you endear yourself to. But anyway, more about cold outreach later. And I'm actually going to be interviewing a cold outreach strategist next week about how to navigate these tricky waters and leverage what he calls scalable personalization. In the meantime, let's talk about business development in this increasingly difficult economic period. First of all, as an agency recruiter, you should be allocating time blocks to business development activities every day, not just when the well runs dry. Because, well, you're much better off turning away clients in good times than you are begging for business in bad times. But unfortunately, that's not how most recruiters behave. Because once the hot wrecks are flowing, it seems counterproductive to spend time doing anything other than working on and filling the positions you've currently got. And until recently, that was fine. Because just like the London buses, even when you experience periodic lulls in new business, then sure enough, along come another bunch of clients all at once. Now, the problem with business development strategies as a whole is that good ones don't work overnight. In other words, the harder you push for immediate business, especially from people you don't know at all, the less likely it is that you'll earn an immediate result. In other words, you don't want to sound desperate. And as I've said on the podcast before, nobody wants to be sold to anymore and everyone has got really good at saying no or just ignoring all manner of sales pitches. We live in what I call the opt-in economy, where the best results take a little time. You've got to first enter the consciousness of your prospect in a non-transactional fashion and then continue to drive value into that relationship before you can reasonably expect to have a chance to showcase your wares, so to speak. Connect and communicate first, then solve a problem later. That's why content creators are doing so well on LinkedIn these days. They're building audiences through the distribution of meaningful content and advice and strategies and stories and entertainment and effectively warming up the prospects one-to-many that they would ultimately wish to engage with one-to-one and potentially do business with. And through that journey, they're beginning to learn about their potential prospects and the challenges they face. So when the time comes, they're in a position to solve, not just sell. Some people call this whole thing personal branding. I just think of it as the modern way to build relationships. And the key is getting the conversation going and then knowing the right time to take it offline and make your play. Now, given that all of this takes plenty of time, what else can we do in the current economic climate that might yield some faster results? Well, there's no silver bullet, or you'll probably know about it, but let's start off with the obvious. The most likely people to utilise or, and this is key, recommend your services are people you already know. And the better you know people, 
the more likely they are to utilize or recommend you. Think of your network in concentric circles with the people you know best in the closest circle and then moving away towards the outer rings where they may have just heard of you. Current clients, previous clients, candidates you've placed, candidates you've submitted, candidates you've helped. Make sure you're on top of and in touch with people whom you've taken the time to build good relationships with. They already know what you do, so make sure you know how the land lies with them. And don't send them a message asking them for business or referrals. Set up a time to catch up properly on the phone, over Zoom, or even better, in person, God forbid. Now, just remember to give as much as you want to take away from the conversation. Find a way of driving value or help into the conversation before you start asking the tough questions. You know, make it about them first and about you later, especially if you haven't caught up with them for a while. But then if it's your cousin, hey, we'll just shake them down for a few wrecks. Now, here's the really important thing to remember with your closest connections. They know people you don't know. And a close connection is worth at least one or two good referrals. But here's a tip. Don't use the word referral. It's ugly. It's transactional. Ask specific questions like, who would you recommend I connect with in your network who you think might benefit from my approach or service? Or if it's a candidate, ask them who else is hiring at their current company or perhaps who they've been approached by recently, maybe for a new role. Great connections are always the source of the best introductions and the best intelligence and so ultimately the best new business. Which, by the way, is why I'm always saying that the biggest missed opportunity for recruiters today is how the candidates they spoke to who didn't get the job feel about you, their recruiter. Which, if you think about it, is most of the candidates you speak with. If you went above and beyond the call of duty with them and really got to know their SAMs, their situation, aspirations, motivations and skills, and kept in touch, you can be sure that they'll be happy to share information and recommend you down the road. Candidate today, client tomorrow. Your closest connections are always going to yield the best referrals, but don't be afraid to start conversations with any of your first degree connections. Just remember to try and give value first and make it about them. Now, if you're a niche recruiter, you must know all about the MPC approach, which is when you share a great candidate with a prospect client or an actual client. Here are some tips that I recommend. When you share an MPC with a prospect client who you don't know, position the candidate as a conversation starter rather than just a singular transaction. Share the profile and say, I've included Sally's profile as an example of the quality of candidate that we're able to source. She does also happen to be available. That way, you don't make it a straight yes or no scenario and you open the door for a conversation. Also, don't just list her skills and experience. List a couple of her key accomplishments or projects delivered and, if possible, the benefit her employer enjoyed as a result. In other words, tell your prospects in plain English about the business problems your candidate is capable of solving. That's much more resonant than just a laundry list of skills and experience. One more thing you can do as a cherry on top is to include a short reference or a testimonial from a previous employer about this particular candidate which adds objectivity and credibility. Another very effective prospecting methodology is the testimonial pitch. 
where you reach out to share a recent relevant success story, you know, a satisfied client and some details about the problem they were looking to solve and the candidates that you were able to bring to the table. This works especially well if you're a niche recruiter and can demonstrate industry or domain vertical alignment to position yourself as a subject matter expert. And to differentiate yourself as a specialist, don't be afraid to share some data points about outreach numbers, connects, interviews, etc., to showcase your thorough research and process, if it makes sense to do so. Another strategy to bear in mind if you're recruiting senior-level candidates is how you can sometimes quickly turn a candidate into a client. Bear this in mind when you're researching senior candidates for a role and do your very best to showcase your exemplary service and expertise during that all-important first phone call or Zoom. If you do a great job, there's no harm in inquiring as to how they currently recruit the best talent for their business and then fill in the blanks. Now, I wouldn't necessarily recommend doing this on your first interaction or your first phone call, but maybe reaching back out a few days later to let the conversation, the first conversation, marinate for a while. Conducting reference checks on behalf of your clients is another very old school but effective way of building relationships when you demonstrate a thorough reference-taking process and showcase your expertise in the process, there's no harm in flipping the script at the end of the call and positioning yourself as a potential vendor. However you choose to reach out to connections and prospects, always remember to shine a light on the relevancy of your service as it relates to their specific situation or needs. Your value proposition and elevator pitch should be finely tuned and ready to roll at all times, on the tip of your tongue, and powerful enough to differentiate yourself as a top-notch and reliable talent partner. Okay, and finally, we're back to cold outreach. Now, we're going to cover this in much more detail next week, but here's the thing about cold outreach, which I alluded to at the beginning of this podcast. Don't sacrifice quality for scale. You're better off handpicking 100 prospects and writing individually and personally and reconciling the relevancy of your offering than you are sending out thousands of generic templates riddled with all the usual hackneyed recruiting platitudes. You've got to demonstrate that you're speaking directly to your prospect or you're pretty much dead in the water. What we're going to talk about next week is how to have your cake and eat it, how to scale your outreach but keep it personal at the same time, plus all the tools that you'll need in order to automate this process. Until then, block time on your calendar for business development every single day. Start with the people you know best and get those conversations flowing and don't shoot for instant results. That's all for me and I'll talk to you next week. Cheers. (laughs) 